Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. M-A-I-N-M-E-N-U Main Menu Hello, everybody. This is your co-host, Jason Castanguay, and you're listening to Main Menu for the 19th of January, 2018. What do you do when it's cold outside and it's better to stay inside? You play with tech. We're going to start out first with Christopher Wright as he demonstrates the GPD Win Gaming Console Notebook PC. Then I demonstrate GarageBand for iOS. And then Ted Atwell unboxes and demonstrates the Cuckoo 8-in-1 Talking Multi-Cooker. Happy listening! Hey everyone, my name is Christopher and I am here to demonstrate a very interesting product. This product is called the GPD Win. And what this is basically is a Windows 10 computer that's about the size of a Nintendo DS. So if you know what those products are like, you'll have a pretty good idea of what this thing looks like. Basically, the device is a rectangle. The top is made of aluminum. It feels like an Apple product. It feels very nice, actually. The rest of it is plastic. That's the plastic back. And that's the front cover. So I'm going to give you a physical description of how this works. Starting from the top, of course, we have the aluminum lid that is blank. There really isn't anything on the left side. On the right side is a grill that contains the speaker and the built-in microphone. Both of these really aren't that high quality, but the speaker works if you're listening to -to text-to-speech. On the back, Starting from the very left, we have all kinds of controls, and I will go through these. So starting at the corner, we have the left Xbox bumper button, because this has game controls. To the right of this is the left trigger. All you will press these, and you can hear them click. To the right of the left trigger is the 3.5 headphone jack, a full-sized USB port, which really makes this device shine because this port can be used to plug things in like flash drives, USB mice, USB keyboards, all sorts of things. To the right of this is a micro SD slot. I currently have a 64 gig card inserted. They say this can go up to a 128 gig card, but it can probably support higher. To the right of the micro SD card is a micro HDMI, which is used for connecting this to a display. And to the right of this is a USB-C port, which is used for charging. It can also be used for data, although it appears to perform at USB 2 speeds because I bought a... USB-C flash drive and it wasn't really performing all that great so this might only be USB 2.0 capable but this is my first USB-C device so you know it works I suppose to the right of the USB-C port is the right trigger button and to the right of that is the right bumper There's nothing on the back except for a switch which controls the fan. Yes, this has a fan. You probably won't need it, but if the device gets too hot, you can use it. When the switch is all the way to the right, the fan is off. If you flick it one position left, oops, and I flicked it twice. So if it's in the center, the fan is on low. And if it's all the way to the left, it's on high. I find it's easiest to use a thumbnail to move this switch. So that is a physical description of the outside. I'm going to open the computer. The lid pops open. 
we have a nice 5.5 inch touch screen. This does support touch gestures and they do work with screen readers, which is kind of cool, although I find it's really awkward using gestures. So there's the touch screen on the top and directly underneath that we have the keyboard and game controls. Starting on the left, we have the D-pad. So you've got up, down, left, and right. Okay. To the right of this is the left joystick. All right. To the right and directly above the left joystick is a three position switch. If it's set to the center, the switch makes the game controls control the mouse pointer in Windows. If it's set to the left, like that, it's in D input, which is used for older applications. And if it's set to the right, it's an X input, which emulates an Xbox controller. To the right of the left joystick is the right joystick. It moves around. And to the right of that, you have your standard keys, A, B, X, and Y. And I will tell you in the mouse mode, A, is down arrow, B is right arrow, X is left arrow, and Y is up arrow. So you can actually use these to navigate windows, which is actually very cool. There's also a program called Joy to Key, which you can use to configure joystick buttons to keyboard keys, which is extremely powerful. So if you wanted to do things like control windows with your joysticks, you could do it I am still learning Joy to Key and I haven't figured out everything, but it's pretty powerful. Below the game controls is the QWERTY keyboard. This has pretty much every key that you would expect, and since this device is so small, the keys are extremely small. So if you want to type on this, you would probably want to connect a USB keyboard or a Bluetooth keyboard but you have all the standard keys, function, control, windows, alt, space. You've got right, alt, right control, the left down, right, and up arrows, the applications key. This has a backslash, backspace, and delete keys. And if you want to perform certain functions such as home and page up and page down, you press and hold functions and press the arrow keys. And to type function keys, you press and hold a function and tap one through equals. The top row of the keyboard, of course, consists of escape, grave accent, and then one through equals. And finally, to the right of the keyboard, you have a stack of keys. There are two columns. Each column has one, two, three, four, five keys in it. Starting from the top left, we have the power button, which is depressed and feels tactically different from the rest of the buttons. To the right of this is the Xbox Home button. Below that, on the left, we have volume down, and then volume up on the right. The next row down is L3 and R3. Some more Xbox controls, which in mouse mode perform left and right clicks. And below that, we have the Xbox back button and the Xbox start button. And at the bottom, we have print screen and scroll lock. I should also mention that in mouse mode, the left trigger and left bumper perform left mouse clicks. And as you can probably tell, the right bumper and right trigger right clicks. Alrighty, with the physical description out of the way, let me tell you the technical specifications for those of you that are curious. This device runs Windows 10 Home, which is probably fine for 99% of people. 
I suppose you could put Pro on it, but mm, you'd only want it if you need the advanced features like Hyper-V and BitLocker. The device has a 1.6 GHz quad-core Intel Atom X7Z8750 processor. It has 4 gigs of RAM and 64 gigs of onboard flash storage, which translates to about 57 gigs total, and once Windows is installed, that drops down to about 41. But it's okay because you can use a SD card or a thumb drive to expand your storage. The device has Bluetooth 4.0. Wi-Fi 802.11abgnac, so you should have no problems connecting it to whatever you want to do. And of course, the best part, since this is a Windows 10 computer, you can run pretty much any program that you want. Okay, I am going to turn on the device now. I'm going to hold the power button for about four seconds. And here we go, the device is booting. And in case you want to tell, I will turn the fan on. You might be able to hear the fan. Trying to hold this near the microphone. That's high speed. This is low speed. You might not be able to hear it. Oh, and there goes NVDA. Taskbar. Taskbar. And I'm going to turn the fan off. And here we are. We are in Windows. And as you can tell, I'm running NVDA. I'm running Vocalizer. It is running very well. Let me go ahead and slow that down. I'm going to hit Caps Lock Control V on this tiny keyboard. Very small keyboard. And let me hit page down, which is function down arrow. Oops. There we go. But as you can tell, I am in Windows, and I will try to hold the speaker closer to the microphone. So I can go to my start menu, I can hit the arrow keys. And it's not changing the speech rate. There we go. You should be able to hear it very clearly now. So as you can tell, I have a lot of games on here, but I also have some desktop programs. Of course, since this is Windows, you can do everything that you would expect, including going to the run box. Let's see. And this is incredible. This is all coming from a device that fits in the palm of my hand. I'm having a little bit of trouble with the keyboard, but it is a very small keyboard. But yeah, you know, so you can go through here. Hardware resources collapsed. Components collapsed. Hardware systems list one list. OS name value Microsoft Windows 10 Home. Version value 10Z8750. 
16,299. Yep. This actually came with the creators update of Windows 10, but I went ahead and did a clean install of the fall creators update. But as you can tell, it all works. I can hit Alt-Tab. That's the only window I have open. I can hit Windows D. Photo view list. Recycle bin. Menu. And I'm running Classic Shell because I can't stand the Windows 10 start menu. Let me show you some of the programs I have on here. Seven zip sub menu seven. Of course I have 7-Zip. That is a very useful program. Classic Shell submenu C. That's a game. Jellybean Keyfinder that allows you to find your Windows product key. Those are Jim Kitchen's games. The games from Lworks. And I'm not entirely sure what that is. Manamon, that is another game. That is the software for the Sappy 5 version of Vocalizer that I am using. Mush Z, that's another game. Specifically, it's the Alter Aeon sound pack for the Alter Aeon MUD. Of course, we have NVDA. That's a game. That's Top Speed 3, that's another audio game. I've got Skype on here. Now, you will want to know this does not have a camera, so if you want to use video, you will want to connect an external camera. Speech to go voice package VE menu S. That's another component of the SAPI 5 voice that I have installed. Startup menu S. TW Blue menu T. That's the Twitter client for Windows. Yeah, so as you can see, I have desktop programs on here. I've got Adobe Reader, so I can read PDF files. I've got Audacity. Foobar 2000, Play, organize, attack, or music Foobar 2000 is an excellent media player for Windows. Google Chrome G. Access the Internet tooltip. I've got Chrome. SCP is a program for accessing servers. And the nice thing about Classic Shell is it separates your desktop programs from the Windows 10 apps. So yes, as you can see, this is a full Windows 10 computer. You can put anything you would put on a standard laptop or desktop on here and provided it can run on the relatively low-powered Atom processor it'll run just fine. Let's go ahead and check my battery. 20% 4 hours and 24 minutes remaining. So my battery is about a fifth full. It's at 20% and yet it says 4 hours so the battery life on here, if you're not doing anything too processor intensive, is actually very good. You could easily get 10-12 hours of usage out of this. So this thing is just absolutely incredible. And again, as I said, you can put Office on here, you can put JAWS on here if you had to use JAWS. You could probably put an OCR program on here and then connect a USB webcam. This thing is just absolutely brilliant and it's small enough to fit inside of your pocket if you have, I don't know, like some cargo pants or a jacket. So I think you get the idea. I'm going to shut this off. I'm going to hit Function Alt 4. Shut down Windows, turn off, closes all apps, and turns on the PC. What do you want the computer to do? Combo 
box shutdown collapsed alt plus w desktop all right and as you heard the computer has shut down i'm going to close the lid so there you go and i am going to give you my final thoughts as i said this thing is fantastic i mean it's I, I can't express just how cool this device really is. And the price is only $400, which I think is very reasonable. Because you're essentially getting a new laptop with that price. And there's absolutely no compromises. And this is a device I have wanted for years. A full desktop operating system on a device that's about the size of an iPhone. I will give you a few caveats that this device has. Number one being it does not have an LTE modem, so if you wanted to use this on the go, you would have to tether it to an iPhone hotspot, or I forget what it's called on Android, but basically you would have to use your cell phone as a hotspot. The other major one is that this device charges very slowly, the battery is a 6,700 mAh capacity battery, and this device charges at 5 volts, 2.5 amps. So the battery will take quite a long time to charge if you're using it. So if you want to charge it, I would suggest turning it off and not using it for a couple hours. Having said that, though, the fact that this is so low power means that you could charge it from a USB power bank, which is just wild. So I hope you have enjoyed this review. As I said, I just, I can't say enough good things regarding this device. It is absolutely fantastic. I love it. I just, I love it. But anyway, if you wish to contact me or if you have any questions, you can email me at christopher.j.write4 at gmail.com that is c-h-r-i-s-t-o-p-h-e-r dot j dot w-r-i-g-h-t 4 at gmail.com so I hope you have enjoyed this demonstration you guys take care hi everyone Jason here and I'd like to talk to you about GarageBand, specifically GarageBand for iOS. In my case, it's going to be for iPhone. The difference between the iPad and iPhone version, I imagine, is that the iPad having a larger screen allows for many more controls to be readily used. On the iPhone, there are an equal number of controls, but a lot of them get hidden behind menus that expand when you touch them. My personal experience with GarageBand for iPhone is minimal, although I have composed music with it, and so I thought, how interesting would it be for us to explore together? Okay, I've got my iPhone here, and I'm in my audio folder where GarageBand lives. GarageBand. And we're going to double tap. Landscape. GarageBand. Landscape. GarageBand. My song. 11 slash 14 slash 17. Okay, so when you... Open GarageBand, it puts your phone in landscape mode. You can use it right now. I have the home button to the right and the screen facing me. And it shows you your list of recently used... GarageBand recents. Heading. Yes, your list of recent projects. I'm going to explore the screen so you can see what's here. GarageBand recents. Heading. Okay, that's at the top. I'm going to flick to the right. Add button. Search. Search field. My song. 11 slash 14 slash 17. And flicking to the right doesn't even give me a bong. That, that's all that's there. I'm just doing some page scrolling to make sure, but okay. Won't go anywhere. So rather than opening a song, I'm just going to add something. Search. Search. Actions. Search. Search. And Actions. Of search. Search. The add button Actions is available. where exactly? Okay, through exploring, I found there are more things on the screen. It just wouldn't flick to those. There is a... Selected. Recents tab. One of two. Recents tab on the lower left. Actions available. And a browse tab, if I can find it. Browse tab. Two of two. Browse tab in the lower right. 
Browse, tab, 202. It does bong if I flick to the right from there, but if I flick left, I'm just curious because this screen is a little strange. Selected, recent, my song, 11 slash 14. Okay, so for some reason when you're on one of the recent projects, it does this thing where you can't really flick around easily. But if you explore by touch, the search bar is at the top. Recents tab is on the bottom left. Browse is on the lower right. And add is... Broadband recents. Heading. Action. Act my song. Actions available. Garageband recents. Add button. Kind of on the upper right. Add button. That's where I was expecting it to be. So let's choose add. Add. My songs. Button. And let's see what's on the screen here. Live loops. Button. One of two. Starting from the top to give you an idea of what's on the screen, we have this My Songs button, which I think goes back to your list of projects. Live loops. Button. One of two. Selected. Tracks. Button. Two of two. Okay. Keyboard. Play an on-screen keyboard using piano, organ, synth, and other sounds. Smart piano. Button. Alchemy synth. Button. Sampler. Button. I'm just flicking to the right, and these are all these different categories of instruments. More sounds. Button. More sounds. Button. Okay, the end is more sounds. So I'm going to explore the screen. Smart. Smart piano. Button. And I'm going to choose... Instrument 11 of 11. Sound library. Download free instruments. Sounds in loops. Okay. There's something that even I find a little mind-boggling. Even though you have these category buttons that I described, you can scroll by page because I think a lot of the screen is taken up by pictures of the different kinds of instruments. You just heard it was on 11 of 12. I'm going to go back to the beginning of these pages here. Instrument 1 of 11, keyboard, play an on-screen keyboard using piano, organ, synth, and other sounds. Okay, so I've gone back to the beginning of these pages, and you get a lot more description as you scroll through these pictures of different instruments. You just heard the first one. I'm going to scroll to the right. Instrument 2 of 11, drums. Create beats using a variety of acoustic and electronic drums. Instrument 3 of 11, AMP. Plug in a guitar or bass and play through classic amps and stomp boxes. Instrument 4 of 11, audio recorder. Use the microphone to record your voice or any sound. Instrument 5 of 11, strings. Tap to play orchestral or solo string parts. Instrument 6 of 11, bass. Tap strings to play acoustic and electric bass lines. I'm just giving you an idea of everything that's here. Instrument 7 of 11, guitar. Play an on-screen guitar by strumming chords or tapping and bending notes. Instrument 8 of 11, world. Play different instruments from around the globe. Instrument 9 of 11, drummer. Create beats and fills using a virtual session drummer. Instrument 10 of 11, external. Play and record third-party instruments directly into your garage band song. Instrument 11 of 11, sound library. Download free instruments. Sounds in loops. Okay, so I think some of those buttons we heard were ways to jump to these different categories or narrow the number of pages visible, but right now we have all of them. I'm going to go back to the beginning because I do want a piano. Oh, and it won't let me. Let's see. This screen is definitely a little tricky. Sometimes if I can't scroll anymore, I'll hit one of these other buttons. Selected tracks button sound library and flick a little bit sounds in loops eight and now I can instrument ten eleven instrument nine of instrument eight of eleven world play different instruments from around the globe instrument one of eleven keyboard play an on screen keyboard using piano and I'm just gonna double tap there alchemy oops let's see keyboard oh okay we if I had looked at the screen apparently there are several types of keyboards on that screen and I must have I heard it say alchemy very briefly so that's actually kind of cool sounding and if I tap very softly and I just ran my finger over you can hear all the keys if I tap more forcefully the sound volume changes And I'm using force touch to change that sound. That is pretty darn cool. I haven't played with any of these before. <laughs> you can hit multiple notes. Now I want to get back to the instruments here. Let's see. You'll notice I don't have to turn off voiceover to play this keyboard. It's as if you're passing through voiceover to play stuff. And it just has a portion of the screen relegated to that. I want to menu button. Go to the menu, which is menu. in the upper left. I my songs. I clicked it. 
Epic cloud formation. I want to hit the epic cloud formation because I think that's the instrument that I'm using and that will allow me to change the instrument. Bass, leads, bass, or get more keyboard sounds, arpeggiated. Okay, wow, I have a lot of things on the screen Pads. here. Rhythmic, galactic star field, selected, epic cloud formation. Yes, okay, so it's showing me that epic cloud formation is the instrument I'm currently using. Classic simple pad. I was wanting to get, get to alchemy, a synth. piano. Get more keyboard sounds, button. Main categories, button. Yeah, main, main categories. categories. That was in the keyboard, upper left. Heading. I'm doing this by exploring the screen. Alchemy, synth, keyboards. 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 Double tap on keyboards. Heavy metal organ. Grand piano. Okay, grand piano. That's simple enough. Double tap. And now we're back on the GarageBand screen. Menu is always in that upper left Octave, corner. Zero, adjustable. Although I just hit Octave, something zero, else. Adjust, oh, menu, there's the menu. So now if I go to that keyboard section, which is in the lower part of the screen. Keyboard. There we go. We're in this octave. And I just slid my finger, and then above that you have the black keys of the keyboard. Let's see. The white keys are... They're mixed in there, so you can really do quite a glissando. Keyboard. <laughs> um, but at least I can hit two notes. Um, so you can. I think the iPhone is quite a tricky place to compose, but I'm sure an iPad would make this a lot easier. I'm just going to look at some other parts of the screen. Menu button. So we have that menu button. I'm going to... Menu button. Yep, that is the leftmost upper left button. I'm going to flick to the right from here just so we have an idea of what we can do. Instruments and live loops button. Okay. Rewind button. Don't want to do that. Play button. Record button. Selected metronome button. Undo button. Settings button. Master timeline. Playback head. Bar one. Beat one. Adjustable. Okay. Song sections button. Octave zero. Adjustable. We can adjust the octave of the keyboard, apparently. Sustain off button. Okay, good. Keyboard mode. Normal. Adjustable. Scale button. Arpeggiate button. Piano chords off button. Keyboard. Okay, so it, that is the end and we're brought back to the keyboard just by flicking. And then, of course, by flicking... We're not getting anywhere except playing weird notes. <laughs> so let's say I just wanted to change the octave. I'm pretty sure that octave was zero, right, right above the keyboard on the left-hand side. Minus one. I'm doing minus one. So now... Keyboard. Yes, we're on the lower octave. It's definitely tricky, but can be done. I have composed little things on here. As you heard, there are smart chords you can turn on and off so that I believe what that does. Let's try it. Oops, where is it here? Selected. Yes. Metronome button. The keyboard definitely takes up a good portion of the screen, so there is room Master timeline. up and down to move around. But left and right, the notes get pretty close together. Keyboard. So let me find this smart Arpeggiate chord. Button. Piano okay. chords off button. Let's try piano chords. Piano chords off. I turn it on. Let's see. Keyboard chords. I don't know how this works. Uh, let's see. Ah, the chords are above these notes. Okay. Let's see. Okay, I get it now. And they're very they're very sensitive to pressure. If I tap hard, it definitely pounds those keys. So I know this is a very quick overview. There are tons of instruments and sounds. I just wanted to give you an idea of some of the things that could be done. As you saw, there are settings you can go to. That Our is... Piano chords on. Okay, the piano chords. I'm looking at the upper portion of the screen. That seems to be where Sustain, off, all button. these buttons are focused. Sustain, off, button. Replay button. Record. Okay. Play, record, rewind. They're all on the very top row. Undo. Settings Oh, button. you have undo. Instrument settings button. As you heard before, and settings. I hope this is at least giving you the idea that it can be done.
it just takes a little practice, and obviously I am out of practice with GarageBand for the iPhone. I tend to use Logic on the Mac, most of all. If anyone's interested, I suppose I can talk about that on Main Menu at some point. I hope you've enjoyed this little segment. If there are any additional things you would like me to do, please give me some feedback, and I will get to it. For Main Menu, this is Jason Castingway. Well, hello, everyone. This is my first review or unboxing. We're going to be reviewing the Cuckoo, and that spells C-U-C-K-O-O, 8-in-1, pressure cooker, slow cooker. What is really um, unique about this cooker, it is voice-guided throughout the whole experience with this cooker. We'll get to showing you how it works, showing you what the menu sound like, what the voice sounds like, and things like that. So I ordered this on Amazon, and I don't know about you, but the Amazon experience has always been really good for me. All right, I'm opening the box here. Got my trusty knife out. Now, what I have found is that it's a box inside a box, okay? So, we're gonna <clears throat> slip the box out. Now, we're gonna open the actual cooker box. As most of you know, the only other accessible pressure cooker has to have a phone app. So when I seen this, I thought, wow, this is really cool. Because not everybody has a, an iPhone or an Android phone. All right, now what we've got here, we got the box is open. And there's some manuals on top, which is one of them is a cookbook. And one of them is an actual manual to tell you uh, how to use the cooker. Then we have a um, spatula or device that you use to stir the stuff you're cooking. We got a measuring cup. that's it. So we're going to take the top off. And we're going to set that aside. And now we've got the actual cooker that I'm going to get out of here. And it's wrapped up. Take the wrapping off of this. This unit doesn't look anything like the Instapod, folks. It looks really different. Okay, it is oval in shape, and it has a, on the very top of it, in the front, it has a button to release the lid, also has a pressure release, I, I'm assuming uh, you rotate it to the left and to the right. It's a rather large knob. You rotate it to the right, and that makes it where you can open the lid. Inside here, you've got a trivet, or uh, I, don't, I call it a trivet. It's a rack to set the uh, stuff on that you're, that you're cooking. 
that you want to keep out of the water. Now this thing, it's, uh, I don't know if this is plastic or not. Um, I can't really, it feels plastic. Let me take it out of the bag here. Yes, this rack is fully plastic. So we'll set that aside. This is a five quart cooker. This five quart cooker has a non-stick pot. It's not a uh, aluminum pot like we're used to. This is a non-stick. It's kind of thick. It's, uh, in fact, it's real thick. And it has handles on each side of it. That is, that is one of the neat things. So it has handles so you can lift it out. If you've got to, uh, let's say you want to drain, you've got too much, um, you've got too much liquid in there and you want to drain some out, you've got handles, the plastic handles that you can lift up. Now this pot is round. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that I spoke with another person earlier when I was talking to him about this unit, and I was hoping that the pot itself was going to be oval shaped so that it would fit a roast better. But this pot is round, and um, yeah. Fits right in there. Now, unlike the Instapot, this lid doesn't come off of this unit. It it's uh, it's it stays on here, and so um, you say to yourself, "How are we going to clean this unit?" I'm a guy. I'm a clean freak. I got to be honest with everybody on here. So. Uh, that is what you know what I think about it first how how are we going to clean this unit here yeah, I don't know can't see how that comes apart so I'll have to delve into it a little deeper to see how to clean it. Now this 8-in-1 pressure cooker is accessible, but it has its downfalls like a lot of things we buy. Um, and so I'm going to get into talking to you about this thing and let you know what's up with it. This pressure cooker has a touch screen front on the front of it. The buttons do protrude a little bit, so it shouldn't be too complicated to use. A couple of things I'm going to tell you. They have everything on here has a preset time. And a preset temperature. For the most part, the only thing you can change is the time, not the temperature. And um, the only one thing that you can change is the uh, keeping warm uh, feature. You can change the temperature and the keeping warm. That is gonna have to have sighted assistance, unfortunately. I found that out um, just recently so um it's it's unfortunate but that is you're gonna have to have sighted help with that the uh time increments the setting the time increments is also gonna have to have some well it doesn't necessarily have to have sighted help but you're gonna have to be pretty good at what you're doing because it doesn't the, the button does not speak they only beep. 
Now each function has its set time. I'm gonna give you a couple examples here and then, and then we'll go from there. The time on the slow cook is two hours. If you wanna increase the time, you can do that. Steam cook is 20 minutes. You can change the time. The uh, saute is 20 minutes. You can change the time. It's brown and saute, but that's 20 minutes. So, like I said, this thing is oval shaped. The keypad is in the front. Let's start. I'm gonna give you a full description as I'm going along here. Okay, on the right side, it's, it's smooth. This is, it's made of plastic. And you come to the back, you've got your wire on the bottom, your, your 110 outlet, and right above that, is a little tray. A little that tray pulls out. You just grab it. You can feel it. It pulls out. That's to if you have an overflow or if you, um, you know, for some reason or another, the water drips into this little tray. I found out the hard way. I got, um, I grabbed it the other day and spilled it all over myself. Okay, you're coming around to the left. It is perfectly smooth. And then you've got your keypad again in the front. Let's talk about the top of the unit. In the very front at the top, you have the button to release, to release the top. And um, then you can lift it up, open and close it that way. Right behind that um, switch, it's, it's kind of a flat uh, oblong switch, it almost surface mounted, but it's it protrudes up a little bit. The next thing you come into is a the locking knob. You turn it to the left, it locks. You turn it to the right, it unlocks. Right behind that is the pressure valve. The one thing about this pressure cooker, it is an advantage is you do not have to release this valve it does it on its own. So that's one thing I want to tell you. The, the pressure release is strictly, is done by the pot itself. Um, the handles on the pot, if you open the lid, uh, the handles are very nice. Um, the only thing and they don't get hot, so you, you don't necessarily have to have a pot holder, but you know, they do get warm, so I would recommend using pot holders to, to, to um, pick it up. If you gotta drain, like if you saute in something and you wanna drain the grease off, you wanna carry it somewhere to drain it, you got the handles, use a pot holder. All right, now on the front, on the right-hand side, the first two buttons, the one on the top is start. The one down below that is stop. And um, not going to the, I'm going to stay on the, the bottom here. The next one you come to on the bottom, and it's slightly below the stop, is your function button. sterilization that is to clean your pot um anybody familiar with these pots know that there is a bit to clean in them now i'm going to go over some things with you that i've noticed on this particular pot the lid like i said is hinged or i might not have said that yet it is hinged it is 
very important when you're cooking something and you open this to get your hands out of the way right away because once it opens, you know, it is going to let off a lot of steam and, and, if, and don't lean over the pot. Uh, unlike the Instapot, uh, you, have, you don't have the choice to lift the lid from the back to the front. This one here hinges to the back so you're, you're left with the steam. Now, to clean this, it's rather complicated, but I'm going to just tell you, you it, it can be done. I clean mine, so, I mean, it's, it's not um, undoable, but the first thing you got to do, open the lid. You feel a little rubber dimple sticking out. Pull that, and that piece comes off. You, and then also, that, that piece has a rubber surround. Remember how that rubber surround was on there because it only goes on one way. When you're washing it, that rubber O-ring or surround or whatever you want to call it may come off in order to clean it. So um, wash it in regular soap and water, rinse it real good, and remember how it came off. That's, that's important because when you get ready to put it back together, that's is a crucial point. Now there's another seal. I'm going to call it a seal. And that is in the main part of the lid. And you have to grab that and work it off. And that is where it's a little complicated because it doesn't want to come free. It, it takes a little bit to take it off. Okay. Uh, and I know I got sidetracked here. I was talking about the switches and controls, but I wanted to talk about this lid. That only goes on one way, so you don't have to worry about that too much. So I, I said the buttons were, the uh, first buttons on the right are start, stop, and then the one right below that, but slightly to the left, is your... Um, function button, which, what you're going to cook. Then you got your plus and minus button. The first one you come to is plus. The, the left one is minus. Remember it, for the most part, it's one minute increments. Say you're wanting to, let's say you choose to cook. Soup. Soup. Now, when you say soup, it already has the time in there. You do not have to set the time. You can just go with what's in there. It's written in the manual, um, but I'm going to tell you right now, um, the... Uh, Time, like I said, the time moves by one minute increments. So like if we hit the plus button, it's gonna beep. So you just count. So you want five more minutes. That was two, that's five, that's 10. Okay, you forgot how many you hit. So you just hit cancel. And then you can start over. So, you know, you shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be too complicated. Um, you know, if it is, I, um, you have to seek some help, I guess. All right, to the left of that and up is another button. And that button is the... Um, Select the preferred function. This is Randy Rusnak speaking. I am now going to bring you to Ted Atwell's YouTube channel. I'm doing this so that I can give you full coverage of what the actual cooker sounds like when he cooks rice. You can actually hear it speak and cook. We're going to cook some rice today. And um, so what we're going to do is... Uh, to demonstrate um, the sounds, we're going to try to capture uh, some of the sounds that the, the uh, menus say. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to set it up and then we're going to bring you guys right back. So just 
get you a cup of coffee, whatever, and sit down, and we'll be right back just as soon as we get it set up. Hello, this is Cuckoo. All right, in this demonstration, we're going to do some rice. And, um, but I want to go over the, the menus with everybody. This menu actually, uh, as you're going through it, it just goes in a circle. So let's, uh, let's listen to the menu for a minute. tell you what that does is it sterilizes the pot we already have the rice in the pot we're gonna go ahead and cook the rice and then we're gonna be back and show you the done product and um, let, me, let me select rice on here and then we'll um, oh, wait a minute, where did I do here uh, soup set the cooking time with Now, um, on this panel, for folks who can't see, this panel is like a microwave panel. It's, uh, the buttons are underneath a, a plastic. Um, so, But there, you can feel these buttons pretty well. Also, there's room enough on here if you want to label this panel. Uh, and there's not a whole lot of buttons. There's um, just a few on here. And once we cook the rice, I'll go over the buttons with you to, to uh, let you know what they are. So now, this, this hinge, this lid on this particular unit is hinged. So whenever you're um, done cooking, be very careful when you open it so that it doesn't burn you. And all the pressure, you don't have to release the pressure on this. This does it automatically, so you don't have to. Once you close this lid, and you rotate, there's a knob on the top that you rotate to lock it. You hear the noise? That's unlocked. That's locked. Once you do that, you just come over here and you hit start. Starting the rice. Now, one thing I want to tell you, if you ever accidentally start something, and you, you don't get scared, it's okay. Just reach down here and hit cancel. It's right below start, and you can cancel what you've, um, what you've already uh, got, uh, you know, what you got started. It'll, it'll just stop it. And so, um, all right, we'll be back after the rice is done, and uh, we'll see what the finished product's like. Steaming is starting. Steam release will begin. Look how tasty this rice is.
always when you open this pot, remember this is hands lid and the steam is going to come out and up. So that is uh, keep your hands free uh, so that you don't burn yourself. We thank you for listening to this episode of Main Menu. We have run out of time and we'll see you on the next show. 